You are listening to Hoisting the Sail, a supply chain podcast. From our studio at the Brooklyn Navy Yard overlooking New York Harbor, we talk to the innovators and professionals who use the wind to power the maritime supply chain. I'm your host, Kat Bride. Hoisting the Sail is presented by Wind Support NYC. Our guests keep getting better, and the second season is no exception. Today, we are welcoming the legendary sailor, Yves Paulier, who is currently the CEO of Beyond the Sea, and Maureen Rialon, the project manager of Beyond the Sea. They are joining us all the way from Arquichon in uh, Nouvelle-Aquitaine, near Bordeaux on the Atlantic coast, so we are delighted to have a transatlantic phone call today and do this interview. Eve and Marine, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Now, Eve, I'd love to begin with you. You are the CEO of Beyond the Sea, but before you became an entrepreneur and a CEO, You've spent a lot of time out on the water. And for our listeners, I think many will be familiar with your career and know that you are an Ironman of the waters. And many will remember your steadfastness, dedication, toughness, and resourcefulness in fixing a mast, sailing 126 days at sea as part of the Vendée Globe. Tell us a bit about your journey. Did you grow up sailing? Did you grow up by the sea? Tell us what drew you to the sea in the first place. I grew up in near Paris. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was young, I come in Arcachon, and uh, I make sailing in Arcachon. Then uh, when I have 12 years old, I read a book of two guys who uh, sail around the world and I say well I want to do that when I will be older then uh, I uh, learn a lot of things on on book then I, I will uh, <coughs> help um, a guy who was uh, the, the boss of uh, sailing school and yes. I have a lot of practice with him. And after I begin to make some race, then I, I study composite materials before that composite material was uh, in on selling boat. And I introduced uh, composite materials on my selling boat race on, with my first boat i built it and with a mast in carbon the first mast in carbon of the world and i win uh, my first uh, race like mini transat on the 22 foot yes and uh, then i i go on and, and uh, uh, i win uh, the solitaire du figaro very well known uh, race in france right and after I make three on the globe, and I win something like uh, uh, six race transatlantic on my uh, 60 foot boat. Then after the Vendée Globe, I uh, uh, make a catamaran who use a step, very 
innovative uh, kind of wool for multi wool. And I uh, have uh, two world record of uh, distance selling for mm -hmm. 24 hours. And uh, after that, I uh, change and I uh, want to help cargo ship on uh, all vessel with motor to use wind for propeller. Yes. And as a sailor for many years, Eve, you had a front row seat to innovations, changes, new materials, changes in technology, better weather routing, better tools. Was it all, was it being so close to the changes in technology that made you want to go into business or was it something else? I see uh, during my career in selling how innovation uh, was fantastic for performance. Uh, I have some partnership with uh, big uh, company who can help with a guy very specialist in each domain. Then I think uh, when I, I at was I'm at the end of my uh, selling career that it, it was more uh, useful for the planet to to work on uh, system to tow boat with a kite than uh, to make a boat with race. And uh, I was uh, uh, afraid of uh, the, the way where the planet uh, and the human uh, go. Because when you are a sailor man on your boat, uh, you are very careful for all all consumable, consumable. Yes, sure. Then uh, uh, when you are around the world, you said, wow, we are maybe 7 billion on this planet and nobody uh, take care of uh, pollution, about petrol, about uh, everything. Then uh, Salomon must work in this way, then uh, it's why I uh, create Beyond the Sea. And something for our, our listeners to understand, the product that you are working with the most is a kite. Yes. I'm sure, Eve, you would have had many choices and opportunities to work with several different technologies. What about the kite is so special? Kite is so special because it takes very little place on the bridge of a boat and it's the most easier system to retrofit your cargo ship. Uh, you cannot mm -hmm. use a, a mast on sail on a cargo ship. Uh, you must build a cargo ship for selling propeller but you you cannot it's it's too expensive it's too complicated it's take a lot of place on the bridge the other interest uh, of kite it's when you don't use the kite it's not a break for the boat 
Uh, you have no drag uh, in the wind when you don't use a kite because it is in the boat. But with sail, you have mass on the Y on a lot of things who are a big break. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a big problem if, if you, you have a break uh, because you, you will win with the wind, but you, you lose uh, a, a big percentage with, with this break. I would like to ask Marine if you could join the conversation and with your position uh, as the project manager, tell us a little bit more about your customers. How do you work with them to get kites on their vessels? Okay, so first we have two products. We have the Liberty Kite and we have the Sea Kite. And for the Liberty Kite, uh, it's a stable auto kite of 10 to 40 uh, square meters. And it's for the traction of boat from four to 20 meters. So it's for small boats. It is first for the, for the safety. If you wanna join the coast in case of dismasting or also on, in case of engine failure, uh, it's also fuel economy. Uh, you can turn off the engine and you can enjoy a clean, noiseless and odorless uh, navigation. Uh, it's a quick solution to install and uh, it's, it doesn't require any special knowledge in sailing or in, uh, in kite, kite surfing in general. And we have another product, which is the sea kite. And it's a total system with uh, a large kite controlled by an electronic system on the ship's desk that allows the kite to be controlled by actuators uh, connected to the to the kite lines. Uh, so we have different types of uh, market for each product. And uh, for the uh, Liberty kite, it's most of the time pledge boats and we can sell it both online, but also we are on, on, on several boat shows. For the sea kite, it's a total different scheme because we are mostly sailing to uh, businesses. For that, we are directly in, uh, in contact with some big ship owners and also some uh, naval uh, workers because uh, it's merchant navy vessels. Yes. It's not pleasure boat. Right. Now, the Liberty Kite, we're intrigued by that. And there, there are a couple of really cool things about it. Number one, it's made in France. Tell us what makes it different. But it's the, the only kite for safety that you can find on the, on the market. Tell us, Maureen, what is the testing process like? Well, we have our offices in Arcachon, but we also have two persons in, uh, in charge of the test. And one of these two people, he has a kite surfing school. And uh, well, in fact, you have a lot of tests on the beach, but also on the boat uh, in order to, to test quality. And you have different versions of the wing before selling it on the, on the market. Thank you, Maureen. Now I'd like to ask you about a new project, the Sea Lab. This is meant to optimize and demonstrate the sea kite. Would you please tell us more about the project, 
What is it and what are the objectives? Well, the, the aim of the project is to transform um, a melting hole, which was a star of the 2000s, uh, and uh, it's to uh, create a boat self-sufficient in energy. So it will be autonomous in energy. It will be also uh, zero emission and towed by kite. That is astonishing, Marine. Who's working on this? And when will it be ready? We are working in a group of companies. Um, so we have the kite traction, of course. Uh, and we are, uh, well, beyond the sea is the, uh, the manager of the project. But we also have ADV Propose. Uh, it's a company uh, which is developing uh, hydrogenerator uh, propulsor. And we also have another company, Erma Energy, which is working on uh, managing the energy on board. It's our boat, it's our demonstrator. Yep. And uh, it's the demonstrator of decarbonized and automated energy system. So the aim of the of this boat is to test and to optimize our technology and it will be an opportunity to test the wing from uh, 1000 to 2000 square meters and will and thanks to the sea kite the phases of sending and recovering the kites well will be put into practice and will be also optimized and it will be also um, a means for, for us uh, to show and uh, to show how we are going to revo revolutionize the maritime transport by offering a clean mobility solution uh, and uh, that can be adapted to all vessels. Mm -hmm. Now, you did briefly mention that it is connected. Are, is, is there going to be a crew? Is this a robot ship? Is it going to run on its own? No. What, what, what kind of uh, crew do you see taking part in this adventure? Uh, no, no, it's not a robot. It's, uh, it's a boat that will be um, managed by, by a crew. And uh, on, on board, you will have some professionals. Uh, you will have uh, Eve to do uh, two transatlantic to go to the, the United Nations and to the IMO and also the aim of the project is to go back to France in 2024 because you will have the Olympic Games and uh, kitesurfing uh, will be there. Uh, it will be the first year with kitesurfing um, as a, an official sport for the Olympic Games. Now this is a question for both Melanie and Eve. Tell us about your focus on the wind. You know, and on, on this program, Hoisting the Sail, we are huge advocates for using the wind in cargo sailing. But we know that it's not on every single person's mind. The supply chain is, of course, global shipping times. But why do you think that it's taking so many other people in this industry to wake up? and understand the potential of the wind and how technology has grown by leaps and bounds and helps us understand its patterns and predictability and weather so much more. What, what, what do you think is, is stopping more industry players from 
harnessing the wind? Um, I think some people uh, uh, won't change and uh, the other must change. And we think today we are not ready to uh, tow all the, the boat. We, we, we must find a ship owner who want to, to test our solution. And we have some uh, research and development to, to make before equip all the all the all the cargo ship uh, but we are confident in the avenir and and from my point of view i i, I just want to say also that our demonstrator boat the sea kite it's it, it has a technological aim but also the objective is to carry a message and the message is uh, that well, we have to be pioneer and we have to put, well, to question our beliefs. And uh, it's not science, science fiction, it's the future. And now I think that what will make things change, it's the laws, uh, because uh, we are all in, uh, we are all thinking business. So if the laws are, uh, just in favor of maritime transport and of uh, green maritime transport, it will change things. And uh, with the the recent, uh, um, well, in in April 2018, uh, the IMO uh, demanded two major changes, and one of the changes is that is by uh, is that by 2050. Uh, you need to have a 50% reduction in greenhouse gas emission from all ships. And I think that's something uh, that it's going to make things change and make things change really rapidly. Yes, we, we do too. And there's more than one approach to business. And we did want to ask both Eve and Melian to speak to us about time for the planet. Now, for our listeners, we want to explain Time for the Planet is a citizen community dedicated to global action against greenhouse gases. It is a citizen movement that identifies, finances, and deploys innovations on a large scale. Time for the Planet has been supported by about 40,000 citizens in France. They are shareholders. Uh, several million has been raised, and recently, Three different companies were selected by Time for the Planet to receive a monetary award. You've been a recipient of 1 million euros. Congratulations. We can imagine the selection process was very difficult. Why did you apply? And what have you learned from it? And what do you plan to do with the money? We candidate to Time for the Planet because uh, we we appreciate the, the way uh, on the goal of time for the planet was limited uh, the emission of uh, green gases. Uh, the selection was uh, difficult because uh, there is a lot of uh, steps uh, 
and uh, it was a, a big work for for us and after also uh, to 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 make the deal uh, but uh, um, marine make a very good uh, job for that okay very good a great success uh, of uh, of marine uh, with the money we will uh, we are looking for uh, expert uh, in uh, some technology very important for uh, develop or uh, uh, syllab uh, solutions then uh, uh, it, it will finance uh, uh, the the research and the development of the solution, mm -hmm. of the solution. and with the funding eve is, is there one project in particular you're going to put it towards? We are focused on the Seekite product. Yes. Uh, and uh, we develop this solution uh, as quick as possible as a, a product uh, efficient and uh, fiable and uh, easy to, to use for the CMAD. Mm -hmm. And do you, do you think that in winning this award, which is spectacular, by the way, do you think that that's putting more of a public relations spin on you? Of yeah. course, of course. With the catamaran, le cicite, and with uh, uh, internet, we we imagine that uh, we we can show the Seekite solution and uh, um, we, we hope that a lot of uh, persons want change uh, the vessel propulsion will contact us uh, to, to equip uh, their boat. Yes, we have very high hopes for this because it's not every day we get to speak to a member of the Chevalier de la Légion d'Honneur uh, and, and one who has uh, won this fantastic grant from Time for the Planet. Eve and Maureen, we always like to give our guests an open floor at the end of the show. We like to ask you to look into your crystal ball. What do you think will be the hot topics and trends of uh, renewable energy, maritime shipping, sailing for uh, cargo, or you have the choice to stand on your soapbox. You can tell our listeners more about Beyond the Sea. The floor is yours. You have a few minutes, take it away. In, in my... Bull de crystal. crystal yes. Bowl. Yes, of course. In my crystal bull, I see that uh, for many thousand years, the wind was the solution to propulse the vessel on the sea. And just a little, uh, maybe 100 years the petrol was uh, using for the boat. And I see the future with uh, the, the wind who is uh, working for the boat for thousands 
years now. And uh, for me, I think uh, the future really remain on the collective intelligence. And I don't think that just one solution will change the world, but I think it will be the, the addition of several experiences and several competencies of all the people uh, gathering. So I think we have a hybrid solution that can be integrated in all boats, but also with different technologies. I think it will be the, the future. We need to be uh, several people uh, in the same objective of uh, saving the planet. Well, we, we wish you all the best. We've been speaking today with Yves Parlier, the CEO of Beyond the Sea, a legendary French sailor and a member of the Chevalier de Légion d'Honneur, a Knight of the Legion of Honor by the French government, and Marine Riallon, the project manager of Beyond the Sea. Thank you so much. This has been a terrific conversation and we know you're going to do great things going forward. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Kat. Okay, anything else, Laurent? Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you're not already subscribed, please sign up to Hoisting the Sail wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, visit Windsupport NYC on LinkedIn. Write to us at podcast at windsupport.nyc.